You're listening to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. This is episode 11, an interview with Deanna Kaler, author of the book From Pain to Parenthood, A Journey Through Miscarriage to Adoption. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad of two that we, my wife and I adopted as newborns back in 2007 and 2012. And I'm happy to bring you this podcast, this internet radio show that is all about domestic infant adoption. And it, it's here to give you the resources and the inspiration to help you shorten the time, decrease the cost of your adoption journey, make it less stressful for you to become, to reach the dreams really of becoming parents. So welcome to National Adoption Month. Every November is National Adoption Month. It's designed to bring awareness to adoption, and uh, it's a pretty cool time. We've had a lot going on in November, and uh, one special thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the new ebook uh, resource guide, as I like to call it. It's downloadable that I've created. I've spent several months putting it th- together, taking a lot of my uh, past years and experience of, re- of researching domestic infant adoption. I've packed it into this resource guide and I'm making it available at a special price during the month of November to celebrate National Adoption Month. So go to www.infantadoptionguide.com forward slash seven steps. That'll get you to the page where you can learn about uh, what's included in the book and the two special bonuses that I have. I'm giving away with it as well. So this interview today is pretty cool. I love interviewing authors of of books, especially adoption books, because they usually have a great adoption story behind it. And Deanna's story is no different. She has a very, uh, she has a list, a lot of struggles and yet a lot of joys that come in her book and her adoption story. And uh, she does a great job sharing it. The book from pain to parenthood is available on amazon.com and I'll share those links with you in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 11. And I just want to get jump right into the interview with Deanna Kaler. Here we go. Okay, everybody, we're happy to have Deanna Kaler today here to share her domestic infant adoption story with you, especially through her book, From Pain to Parenthood, A Journey Through Miscarriage to Adoption. After seven years, two miscarriages, and more than two years in the adoption process, Deanna finally became a mom. She's now working to help others who are going through similar challenges. And her book, From Pain to Parenthood, not only details her difficult personal journey to motherhood, but it also provides many tips and resources for others. And her goal is to offer much-needed hope and encouragement to those who are struggling with miscarriages and infertility and contemplating adoption or planning to adopt so Deanna lives with her husband and her daughter in Michigan, and we want to welcome her to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. Hi, Tim. Thanks for being on with us. It's, oh, thank it's a, you. It's a pleasure to have you on here. I, I love uh, interviewing authors because um, your the books you write are just packed full of emotion and struggle, the ups and downs of going through your stories. So I really appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to discussing it. So let's get into talking about this. First of all, I just want to ask you, why did you write the book? 
Well, I wrote the book so that I could help other people that might be going through some of the same things that I did. Um, when I went through it, it was a very difficult time for me. And, um, and there were times I felt really alone and I wasn't sure what to do. And I just thought it would be really helpful for people to hear my story and to um, kind of see what I went through to give them some hope that things can work out for them. Um, I give them tips you know, for navigating the adoption process, for dealing with miscarriages. And um, I also try to inspire them you know, to try to follow their dreams. Um, so you know, mainly the reason I wrote it is so that I can reach out to people who might be dealing with some of the same things. Yeah, you definitely inspired me. I mean, we, my wife and I have been through two adoptions, and I'm still, I, I got you know, pretty inspired just uh, reading your story because I'm like, man, if she can go through all this stuff and <laughs> yeah. still get through the adoption process and become a mom, boy, that is that is very inspirational. And I love the fact that you in your book you wrote a, a couple different poems. I can't remember how many poems are in there that you wrote, but really cool uh, places in in the book where you just wrote poems and if you want to talk about those real quick. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I actually wrote two poems. There are two poems in the book, and each one is in honor of each baby that I lost. And I thought it was a good way, you know, to kind of get out my feelings and also have something sort of to remember them by, kind of like a, kind of like a little memorial. Because when you have a miscarriage, there is no funeral. You know, there's no, no ceremony or anything. And I just thought it was important to do something. So, Absolutely. I loved those in there. And my wife and I dealt with a miscarriage as well before we adopted. And so it really kind of hit home with me. And that's the other reason I really love the book is you're not afraid to talk about the big time struggles of going through a miscarriage and depression and all the stuff that goes through just trying to be a mom and a dad. So I really commend you for pouring your heart into the into the book. And that's why I recommend anybody go and get the book. It's on Amazon. I put my five-star review up there already. So uh, anybody that who's listening to this, get the book, go put your review on Amazon because uh, you'll be glad you did uh, after you read the book. Let's keep yeah. going here. Um, what is the, I could probably answer this after reading the book, <laughs> but I really want to hear from you what you felt was the most overwhelming or biggest obstacle you faced on your journey to parenthood? Well, um, the biggest obstacle for me was um, all the emotional aspects mm -hmm. of losing two babies. You know, I, I knew it was a sad thing. You know, you hear about people having miscarriages, and you think, oh, you know, I feel so bad. It's sad for them. But I was totally unprepared for all of the emotions that followed. I had no idea just how devastated I was going to be, how overwhelming all of that would, would be for me. And so I went through a really, really difficult time. And, you know, as you mentioned, I, I was dealing with depression um, severe anxiety, and I was kind of stuck for a while, and it took me some time to get through all of it and to heal and to be ready to move on and continue on my journey to parenthood. So that was my biggest challenge that I faced. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah, that's uh, just reading the pain that you felt in those pages just made makes your heart ache for you, so it's amazing the, the stuff that you went through, and I, I just to get to the point where you adopted was just uh, rough, <laughs> emotional, and uh, it's hard to put in words. You really have to read the book to get all the emotion that is that you felt going through that. 
uh, how... was a happy ending though so that, that, was, Absolutely. that was a good part <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's all the best parts of a story right is you have the struggles and then you have a happy ending so I'm, right. yep. <laughs> I'm glad you did how long did you think about adoption before you jumped in and decided to do it well adoption actually crossed my mind after our first miscarriage mm. in 1999 and um, then after the second which was in 2003 I decided if my test results showed what I thought they were going to, that I would no longer try to attempt another pregnancy. And so the doctor did call me and he said I tested positive for these antibodies that can cause clotting and recurrent miscarriages. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's it. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through this again. It would, you know, would have been a very high-risk pregnancy and I would have had, had the, you do blood centers. They have you inject yourself with blood centers in, in your stomach throughout your pregnancy. And there are a lot of possible health complications, too. So I thought, okay, you know, if that's what it shows, I can't go through this again. So after our second miscarriage, we only waited a few months before deciding to adapt. So, you know, even though it crossed, crossed our minds in the very beginning, you know, right after the first one, it was just a matter of months after the second one before we said, okay, you know, we're going to switch gears here and, and try a different way to build our family. And when you switched gears, did you totally put the thought out of your mind about having a biological child at that point or did yeah. you you did okay good. yeah I did I mean not that it was easy but I just yeah you know, I just figured all the stuff that we went through and we went through it twice and it just you know it wasn't an option anymore for me it's like all right there's a there's a different way to build my family and it's okay yeah and and just you know I'm not going to go through this a third time so um so yeah, it just we just kind of dove right in after that. And after that, it was there really was no decision to be made anymore in my mind. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's different for everybody. I know some people um, really hang on to the hey, maybe there's a, still that slim chance I could have a biological child. And and a lot of the professionals even tell you um, you got to make sure you're you're done with the thought of wanting to have a biological child before you go on to adoption. But that didn't happen for my wife and I either. So we, we we were we actually continued on both paths for a little while. But I, yeah, at some point you do you go okay, adoptions for us, and and you jump in and go. Did your husband was he on board with you at the same time, or did it take him a little bit longer? Um, we were actually both on board with adoption right away. You know, we oh. talked about it and agreed. Okay, this is what mm -hmm. we're gonna do. But he had um, more fears and concerns than I did, so we did a lot of talking about it. And he had a lot of the same concerns that, you know, many people out there that are thinking about adopting have, like, um, you know, will being an adoptive parent feel different or inferior in some way? Or, you know, will I love my child the same? Will he or she be too different from me? You know, those types of things. So, um, so we talked it over, and, you know, he was expressing concerns he wanted to feel like a normal family he didn't want to feel like we were different or unusual in some way and he wanted to feel a sense of entitlement like this is my child so um so we did a lot of discussing and i had decided that it would be a good idea to have him pick our daughter's name mm. her first name because i thought that would help him to feel more connected you know more involved and more like yes this is this is my daughter and i'm this is what i'm naming her and so he he did that and i think that was actually a good thing because it, you know, it just it gave him that sense of yes, I'm connected to this, to this baby, and this is my baby, and so I think that helped. Was that before you started the adoption process? Did you decide that he was going to name the baby, or 
Was no, that a long? Once we were in it, yeah, once okay. we were in the adaption process and, you know, kind of going through, going oh. through all of it, <clears throat> you know, at that point we decided, or, or I actually suggested, <laughs> and he wasn't opposed to the idea. He said, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I had different names in mind than he did. We, it's funny because he had the more traditional names and I had the more kind of modern <clears throat> names and we didn't have anything that was the same on our list. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll let you pick. That's very like, okay, cool. generous of you, though, and very wise to to help him try to make that connection because I know it's a name is a big thing. It it's, is. It's permanent, right? So that's yeah. very big of you to to allow him to do that. That's awesome. Um, so after you started the adoption process, you're starting to go through it. At that point, did you feel overwhelmed in the amount of research or what you needed to do to get started on the journey? It, it was a bit overwhelming when I, you know, when we first decided we were going to do this. I did a lot of reading and a lot of research on the internet, um, trying to check out all the different adoption agencies, you know, what type of programs they had to offer, and um, I joined a, an adoption forum and started asking a whole bunch of questions and requested information from some of the local agencies, you know, here in Michigan. And then at that point, we attended an informational meeting from one of the agencies, and then we met with another agency and interviewed them just to try to get an idea of, you know, what would be a good fit for us. <clears throat> so we wanted to, wanted to, you know, make sure that whatever agency we chose had the right programs and the right philosophy, things that, you know, seemed that we were comfortable with. So, so yeah, it was a bit overwhelming, but once we actually met with a couple of agencies, the decision became much easier because we got a feel for, okay, yeah, this one feels right, and we like what they have to say, and we like the way they approach adoption. And the one that we chose was actually a smaller local agency. So they, um, like some of the larger ones, I think, feel more like a business, and this felt more personal and more, I don't know quite how to explain it. You know, it, it was just smaller and less, just kind of less overwhelming, I think, because they were more... Um, kind of more in touch with you, mm. more personal. And they also believe that the most important part of adoption is the child. And some of the other agencies were more concerned with, like, money. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, we really liked that they were, you know, the priority was the child and finding a home for the child. And, you know, that was that was what they believed was the most important thing. And we totally agreed with that. So it was actually pretty easy once we narrowed our list down to pick them. <clears throat> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you just talked enough about it with enough different people until you were felt comfortable with somebody, which is a huge part of choosing an right. adoption professional is making sure that you connect with them. And like you said, you kind of, you felt uh, that they agreed with how to adopt and the, the important parts of adoption. Uh, that's pretty, pretty huge. It's a good tip for people that are, just starting is to have that comfort comfort level with folks you talk to. Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks get hung up in the struggle with the choice of domestic or international. Did you get hung up in that at all, or were you always on the domestic? We were pretty much always on, on the domestic. Um, we wanted to experience like all the different stages of our child's life because we had never been parents before. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be cool to start from the beginning 
and we also preferred not to travel outside of the U.S., so, you know, domestic adoption worked out really well for us. Um, we weren't opposed to traveling within the U.S., but it, we didn't actually need to. It, it actually worked out so well that our daughter was born 15 minutes from our home. Oh, wow. And her birth mom delivered at the same hospital that I would have delivered at, hmm. which I don't know how that happened, but it just was really, really cool that that's the way it worked out. And then we actually had the opportunity to, to meet her birth parents at the hospital, and we met our daughter like about 15 minutes after she was born. We got to take care of her in the nursery, oh, wow. give her her first bottle and begin bonding right away. And then we brought her home the next day. So we were with her from almost the very beginning, and that was really cool. And and you know, I'm really glad that we chose domestic infant adoption for that reason because we got to experience you know so much more than we would have if we had brought a child home who was like six months old or eight months months old, and then you miss part of that. Yeah, that's true. That's a huge part. I mean, that's the main difference between domestic infant adoption and internationals. You're not bringing that baby home from hospital. You don't have a chance to be there from day one. Uh, but on the other, on the flip side of it is you have some, a relationship, or at least in 90 some odd percent of the adoptions that go on within the U.S., you have some kind of a relationship with the birth parents. At least you know who they are. In some cases, you have an open adoption where you have some uh, ongoing relationship. Do you have an open adoption? or? We actually don't have an open adoption. It was... Um supposed to be semi-open. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, um, her daughter's birth parents wanted a closed adoption, mm. and then they decided, oh, okay, we'll do semi-open, and they just they opted to meet us at the hospital, which turned out to be a really good thing, because we got to meet them and their families, and it helped us to feel more comfortable you know, with each other and more confident about the adoption. And then after our daughter was born, we exchanged pictures and letters with her birth mom. The birth dad kind of dropped out of the picture, and um, didn't end up contacting the agency or anything after that, so which I thought was kind of unfortunate, but you know that's his choice. Yeah. But um, but we you know were exchanging pictures and letters with her birth mom, and her birth mom had given a couple of gifts for her, and it was really nice to have some contact. And I did assume that one day at some point we would get together. You know, our daughter would get to actually meet her birth mom later on in life, but um, unfortunately, our daughter's birth mom passed away. Oh. So, so now there isn't any contact with anybody, and, and it's, it is really sad. It was really hard for us when that happened. Oh, I just pictured, you know, one day my daughter was going to get to know her. Yeah. And we don't have that option, but I do hope that sometime later in her life she'll get to meet some of her, her other, you know, extended birth sure. family. Yeah. Wow, that's, that is sad, yeah. I, did you get uh, at least some pictures of her and... Yeah, we That's do. Good. We're really we're really grateful for that. We have some pictures of her. We have a picture of her holding our daughter when she was oh, born. Nice. We have a few other pictures when she was younger, you know, with, with both of her birth parents together. And then we have um, a couple of other pictures that she had given us and a couple letters. And she actually gave us a, um, a stuffed animal that she had when she was a child. Mm. And our daughter has that, you know, and along with a couple of other gifts that she <laughs> gave her. So she has a few special things from her birth mom, and I'm really, really thankful that she has that. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, that just reminds me. I, could you explain what it was like when you first met your baby girl at the hospital there? 
Well, when we first met her, it was it was amazing. I just remember standing there holding her, and she was just so beautiful and tiny and precious. And I was just looking at her, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to be this little baby's mom." <laughs> and I just I pretty much experienced every emotion you can think of. It's it was just the whole thing was like overwhelming emotion, love, joy, fear, sadness for her birth parents. I just I can't even explain it. I'm, you have to actually adopt and you know hold the baby in your arms for the first time to even know what I'm talking about. But it was definitely a, mo- a moment with you know so much emotion, you know lots of love and and just it was it was really incredible. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it is overwhelming because you're feeling so many different emotions at the same time yeah it does wash over you like you wouldn't believe (laughs) yeah it's pretty intense (laughs) yes intense is a good word there you go yeah pretty intense that's how we can just describe it (laughs) well that's 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 so awesome yeah exactly in a good way and you so you were able to take her home the next day after she was born yep the next day yep and literally go home because you were not that far away, right? You right. Yeah, we just drove down the road. And wow. <laughs> so that was really cool. It just it was amazing how it worked out that that we were that close mm-hmm. and it just you know, it was meant to be. Absolutely. So backing up a little bit, how long did it take you to be matched like when you so you came live with your adoption agency, so you're ready to be presented to birth parents out there. How long did it take from that point to when you were matched? And we it took two about two years until we were matched with our daughter's birth mom, and before that we had a couple of potential matches that fell through. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't that much sooner. It was maybe about a year and a half or so that we had a few potential matches, and then two years. And you know, by the time we were actually officially matched, <clears throat> so. So yeah. looking back, that doesn't sound too bad, but going through it. It seems like it a brutal? lot longer than <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot longer than two years. I'm sure you remember that. It's just, yes. It seems like an eternity when you're waiting for a child. Every single day, every single month feels like a an eternity. Yes. Yeah, it, it does kind of go pretty slowly when you're waiting. Especially the first one. I mean, even our second one when we were waiting to adopt our our little boy, it wasn't as bad, but you're still just holding on waiting for a phone call, wondering if it's ever going to happen. You know it's going to happen, but to not see the end of it, it's just so hard. What what did, right. it, what did you do to get through the waiting? I, I read a lot. I did a lot of research. I, you know, Like I mentioned before, I hung out on a, adoption forums and asked questions. And hmm. I, wasn't just con- I wasn't content just to sit and wait and do nothing, so I did a lot of networking to, to help find a child. I created a, our own little adoption website, and I did business cards that I could give out to, you know, family and friends, and I would leave them different places, post them on bulletin boards. We um, we did a letter to our family and friends, letting them know that we we're planning to adapt, and if they hear of any potential situations, to let us know. And a couple actually did hear of things, and they would let us know and pass our cards along, so that was good. And then I also would view photo listings of waiting kids on the internet, and and I visited websites that had um, adoption situations where, where birth pa- parents were looking for somebody, an adoption agency would post a message. So I did that. Um, you know, I pretty much did everything I, I could. And you learned how to do kind that through just for a child. Yeah. yeah, research on the Internet. You learned how to do all that? or Well, part of it, and I, I had heard that it's good to network, but I was, 
I was really into the networking. In fact, their agency was kind of amazed. They said they had never seen anybody that did so many things to try to find their child. <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool. And then what ended up happening, because people knew how hard we were trying and you know how much networking, we were at a fundraiser for, for our adoption agency at a bowling alley, and there was a girl that we met there, and several months later... She was at church and heard of a potential situation. She had adopted a, a child from Korea, and somebody approached her and said, oh, you know, we know of somebody that's pregnant, and would you maybe be interested in adopting her baby? And she said, well, I'm all set with my family now, but I know of this couple. I met them <laughs> at this bowling alley fundraiser for our adoption agency, and I think they would be great. And she passed our information along, and that actually ended up being our daughter's birth mom. Wow. So, you know, my networking didn't lead directly <laughs> to our child, but it sort of indirectly did. Absolutely. So so that was good. And then the other thing I did at the end of the waiting time, the fall before our daughter was born, I just I decided to take a leap of faith and decorate the nursery. And it was like about three months before we even got matched. And I'm like, all right, this is going to happen at some point, so I'm just going to decorate the nursery <laughs> and just assume that it's, it'll just be ready. And then, like, three months later, you know, we got the call and we were matched and it worked out. So the timing That's was good, cool. I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of folks I've, I've heard through forums and other places, uh, Facebook groups, that people get a little nervous about decorating the nursery because they don't want to walk by it every day and go, oh, there's the empty nursery. Right. But uh, other people... Yeah, but other people decorate it going, ah, oh, this is going to happen. Just like you said, it's going to happen. We're, we want to be ready. That's, it's fun. Let's do it. Right. I didn't do that at first. It took me a long time to get to that point. But I'm like, all right, you know, we've waited a while. We're just going just gonna to do this. And... Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad that helped, that helped you because that's the important part of the waiting is doing something you know is going to help you get through it and because you know it's going to happen. Like you said, it's just a matter of time. So you might as well be prepared and do whatever you can to just help yourself get through the waiting. Right. Yeah, the more you can do, the better. Absolutely. <laughs> so what tips do you have to make help folks make their journey a little less stressful? I mean, it doesn't sound like you had a ton of stress, but you had a lot of time. Or, or maybe you could talk about some of the stress you had. Well, um, what, you know, my biggest stress during the adoption process was the waiting. I mean, I'm sure you hear that from a lot of people. Um, but to make it less stressful, I think the most important thing is making sure you're working with a reputable and knowledgeable agency because the agency can make all the difference because they'll help you, they'll guide you, they'll support you. You can call them up when you have questions. Even, you know, if you're frustrated, you can call them up and say, you know, it's been a long time and I'm getting frustrated, <laughs> and they'll kind of encourage you and say, you know, we never, you know, it's unpredictable. We don't know when it's going to happen, but just hang in there and your baby will come. And so they are very supportive. So I think that's one of the most important things to make sure that you have an agency that helps make your journey as smooth as possible. And the other thing, um, involve your friends and family. Some people don't like to, to tell their friends and family because it's kind of like when you're pregnant, you don't always tell somebody right away. <laughs> And, you know, some people say, oh, well, I don't want to tell my friends and family yet because I don't actually have the child and I don't know what's going to happen. But I think it's really a good thing to have your friends and family there to kind of lean on for support and to um, keep them updated. And if they hear of anything, you know, they'll let you know. And I just remember having people that were always checking in on us and, you know, how's it going? And 
did you hear anything yet? We're thinking of you and we're praying for you. And I kind of felt like we had our own cheering section at times. Absolutely. And that was really good. And I think that helps make the journey a little bit less stressful, too, to know know that you've got all kinds of people praying for you and rooting for you and cheering you on and that they they really believe that that something's going to happen for you one day and that you are going to find your child. So those are probably the the two biggest things, I think, that help make the journey a little bit smoother and a little bit less stressful. I totally agree. And the flip side of that is some people may say, well, if I tell my family and friends, then like you said, they're going to, they're just going to annoy me. Yeah. They're just going to keep saying, well, have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet? And that's true. That may happen, but I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Like you said, if you have more people praying for you and backing you up and supporting you and cheering you on, right. uh, that outweighs some so of the annoyances. It, yeah. Did you ever get annoyed? Did anybody really bug you about? No, I, I don't remember ever really getting annoyed. I, I do remember my aunt, you know, she was always saying, oh, you know, you're going to find your child. And she came <laughs> out and told me, you know, there's a very special baby for you. That's why you've had to wait so long. Like the right <laughs> child is coming. And that was actually really good for me to hear that, to hear somebody say, you know, they believe that there's a, a special child out there and, you know, we're meant to be that child's parents and we're just waiting for the right moment for, you know, for her to arrive. Yeah, that's very positive uh, reinforcement for you yeah, to k- help you get through it because it can be negative if you're if you let it it could really be dragging on you like oh, this is never going to happen are we ever going to be parents yeah, it feels so, like that some days definitely. yes <laughs> it does no matter how hard you try it still you'll still have those feelings yeah well what one or two things would you have done differently on your adoption adoption journey i think um and i would have it would have been good if I, I worried a little bit less about it, trusted more in the process. Because, you know, like you said, there were days I wondered, are we really ever going to be parents? Like, this is just going on forever. And I think it would have been, you know, a little bit less stressful if I just really, really, truly believed all the way through that it was going to happen. Because there were times when I didn't. Um, you know, there were times when I thought, you know what, we could just be waiting forever, and, and what if nobody ever picks us? And you do <laughs> wonder that at some point, but... I think if I would have just reminded myself it's just a matter of time, you know, some somebody out there is going to pick us and it's just uncertain of when it's going to happen, but that it will happen. I think reminding myself of that more would have been would have been good. Absolutely. Yeah, having that. Did you have or you mentioned you were on some forums? Did you have a kind of a support group through those forums at that time or not? It wasn't really a support group, but it was um, it was an adoption forum that had all different categories, and there were people from all different states, and okay. some people were doing domestic adoption, and some were doing international. So you could go into that section of the site and post questions and you know kind of get support from people that had already been through it. And it, it turned out to be a really good resource because you know, I could say, oh, you know, this is what we're going through, and somebody else, oh, yep, we went through that, and this is what we did, and... So it, I, you know, I found that really helpful. But it wasn't actually like a support group, but it felt like a support group because yeah. there were so many people there that you know were ready to offer advice and tips on you know what they had experienced and what they suggested, and also encouragement too because they had been through it. Do you think if you had to do it over again and you had the and you knew about support groups, or especially even if it's just a Facebook group, would you recommend folks doing something like that to? Yeah, definitely. Through. I think yeah, I think the more resources you have and the more support you have, the better. 
because it is, you know, a lot, there are a lot of ups and downs, and it is a long wait. So if you can, if you can get, you know, have a place where you can ask questions and feel more comfortable and and get the encouragement, I think that really definitely helps. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we've, I'm in several Facebook groups now, and it's just, uh, it's amazing the kind of support. And you can really get. I mean, we have a few that are, there's not a whole lot of folks in. I mean, they're not like in the thousands. I mean, there's one I'm thinking of that we're in that's just a little over 100, and we've been in there for the last two years, and it really helped us through our second adoption journey just because you get to know those folks pretty well. It's like they're they're your virtual friends. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And and we say that, too. We're like, man, we really should get together uh, uh, live some point (laughs) point in time because we know each other so well, so that's good stuff. Well, if you, I wanted to ask you this, I'm really, I'm fascinated by the research part of it. And especially when you start your journey or when you're going through it, how you find your adoption agency, how you find support, where do you turn to for help? What, what kind of resource do you wish existed back when you started that would have helped you? I mean, a resource that you can think of that would more like a comprehensive resource or a book or some right. training, anything you could think of that would. Yeah, I think books, there weren't a lot of books back then. Yeah. There were some websites, but the, you know, to have a book that kind of explained like both the miscarriage and adoption thing. And that's why I wrote mine because I wanted to deal with both topics, but there weren't a lot of books that talked about those things. There weren't a lot of books that explained what to expect when you miscarry, how to get through the emotions And there weren't many books that talked about how to get through the adoption process. So I think that would have been really useful back then to have something like that that you could just kind of open up and say, okay, this is what I'm going through. Oh, yeah, there's a section about this right here. (laughs) It's kind of, you know, kind of like an encyclopedia. (laughs) You know, it's just a a guide where you could just open it up and find what you needed. And I think that would have been definitely been helpful. Yeah, and I agree with you on your book is I think it's very unique in that aspect of, I don't know of any other book where somebody talks about having to go through mis- at least and two miscarriages to boot before going through the adoption process. So I think it's very unique and there's so many people that go through miscarriages and just probably it's okay not to talk about them sometimes, but like for us, it was good for me to talk about it. I remember how angry and just confused and upset and why me and that kind of stuff when we were going through our right. miscarriage so to read your story and hear about all the emotions and everything go through I wish I had that right after we went through our miscarriage because that would have helped me get through all those emotions yeah and then you realize that you know you're not alone and what you're feeling is normal because yeah you know you don't you think gosh am I supposed to be feeling this way <laughs> and you know you're if you don't have anybody that's gone through it that understands, it's kind of hard because, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's kind of not a, you know what I mean? It's like nobody gets into it too deeply with you. And, and sometimes you feel like it's kind of kind of brushed aside, not intentionally, but right. but it's nice when, when you know that somebody else is going through something or has gone through something like that and they, they understand and then you can feel like what you're experiencing is okay and that you're going to get through it too. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, you wrote it so well, and your word used very elo- eloquent words. So I really 
commend you and I hope everybody that is hearing this goes and picks up your book because it will help you. Even if you haven't experienced a miscarriage, it helps you get to know that other people like yourself has dealt with the pain and almost all of us that have gone through the adoption process have some kind of pain oh, definitely. that lead us to the point where we actually become parents. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody can identify with you in, in your book. So I think you did a great job uh, writing it. Thank you. Well, one more question. Actually, two more. What if you could wave a magic wand <laughs> now that you've been through the process? <laughs> I love asking this question because it's it sparks a lot of creativity. Right. If you could wave a magic wand and make something in the adoption process better, what would that be? Well, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd definitely make the process simpler, less waiting, less paperwork, <laughs> less uncertainty. Um, it would be nice if you could just walk into an adoption agency and say, okay, I'd like to adopt, and then you just get matched with a birth mom right away. <laughs> so I know that sounds unrealistic, but if I have a magic wand, that's what I would do. <laughs> I would make it so Absolutely. easy for you know, people that really want to be parents to just go in there and you know get their child. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's it's frustrating and time-consuming going through everything. But after you go through it, it it doesn't hindsight's uh, I don't know, not 2020, but hindsight at least allows you to look back on it and go, "Okay, that wasn't as long as it felt like when we we're going through it." Or yes, it was painful, but wow, what joy we have now. Right, it's definitely really so worth it in the end. You know, everything you go through, it's just, it's totally, totally, totally worth it. Yeah. And your daughter's how old now? Seven, you said? She's seven now. Yeah. yeah. So you've had seven years of uh, all the joys of <laughs> yep. raising her and, and watching her grow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely, parenthood's definitely an amazing experience. Nothing else like it, and you never know what it's like until you get there. And has your husband now had any, well... I shouldn't say now, back when you adopted and shortly after, did he have any kind of attachment issues or did he just no instantly? No. They bonded right away. And yeah. I remember the first week we had her home and I was, you know, of course, exhausted like any new mom. She wasn't sleeping at night. And, and he was down here watching the weather, cha- <laughs> weather channel with her and she was in his lap and he was talking to her about the weather, <laughs> kind of like teaching her about the weather. You know, there's this little tiny baby and <laughs> So they bonded right away. They did. There was never any issue at all. And, and from the very beginning, you know, she's felt like like she belongs with us. So, so yeah, that was never a problem. Yeah, isn't that amazing how that works out like that? It's just... Yeah. Yeah, it is, definitely. Incredible. It's hard to explain. Uh, I hope anybody listening to this who has not adopted yet will... Uh, that's inspiration to, to keep going in the journey and keep uh keep after it because you will adopt and and i've never heard of anybody that hasn't kept up with the process and just kept going who haven't been able to go to adopt so all those that are out there listening to this keep your head in there and your heart in there and you'll be parents someday soon yeah that's true any other advice or uh anything else we haven't discussed that you want to I think we covered, covered pretty much everything. Yeah. I just, you know, I like you said, I'd encourage people 
to, you know, they haven't adapted to, to just go for it. If, you know, if they're really wanting to be a parent because it is actually an amazing experience and it's, it's well worth it. Awesome. Well, where can folks find you and connect with you, find your book, all that good stuff? Well, my book is available on Amazon.com, and um, it's also on BarnesandNoble.com as well. And people in Michigan, there's a couple of local Michigan bookstores, but you know, I'm not gonna not gonna mention them. You can find out about that on my website. Um, my website is DeannaKaler.com. It's D-E-A-N-N-A-K-A-H-L-E-R.com. And there's information about my books and everything on there, too. I'm also on Twitter and Google+, and I have a Facebook page for my books from Pain to Parenthood as well. So lots of places, lots of places they can find me. Very good, very good. And yeah. I'm, always, I'm always happy to, you know, to offer support or answer questions to people that are considering adoption or that, that need some, some tips or, or, or advice or resources. Yeah, so you have a way to connect with you on your web page there, uh, email address or something that people yeah can there's a contact, contact page awesome. with the email address on there and um yeah and on you know on the facebook fan page there's a message section where they could mes- message me so yep i'm i'm available good deal well i'll have all <laughs> those links in the show notes too for my website it's infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 12 because this is episode 12 i'll have all the the links in there that folks can get to you too so I really appreciate the time and uh, sharing your your heart and your your struggles and your joys, especially your joys to become a mom. I can just hear the the pride and the happiness in your in your voice. So yeah, it was really good cool. talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll talk to you again soon. Then hope. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. All right, that was a great time talking with Deanna. She has such a heart for adoption and for her family. I just love her story. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. And I hope you go head on over to Amazon.com to get her book. You will definitely not be disappointed. She does um, such a great job. And you can, if you would, be so kind, if you do get her book, to leave a review for her on there. Those reviews are important because it helps more people to see her book and for more people to find it and enjoy it as well. So all the links that we talked about today in the show are going to be over at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 11. So I really appreciate your listening today and uh, look forward to the next episode of the infant adoption guide podcast. Thanks everyone. God bless. <laughs>